be a bang up podcast. Aren't they all? Always is, right? It is definitely not, not always. Definitely not always. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark, folks. We're here to talk about shooting. On deck tonight, um, Mr. Hopkins. Hi. Known to some as Hopkins. That's right. Our favorite, our favorite board member on the podcast, Mr. Park. For the time Hello. being. And a very special surprise. I I thought he was dead, but he's not <laughs> dead. It turns it out. He's alive. Yeah. Very much alive. Mr. Tyler Turner. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been too long. Glad has to be been, back. Has it been too long? It's been oh. the appropriate amount of time. I was doing wellness <laughs> checks for a while. I'd be like, hey, Tyler, yeah. just, just making sure you're doing okay, like you're still alive. And I was like, Joel, he's not sad about stuff. He's not going to off himself. He had a kid. Um, oh, of course. Of course not. Yeah. Well, guys, I don't even know where to start. So I guess that means we'll start with Tyler. Obviously. Well, no, we haven't had Tyler in a while. So you had you shot a section match. I think you won a section match recently, didn't you? Yeah, I uh, came back and shot the Georgia State match. And uh, it went pretty well for not having really done much lately. But uh, I guess, you know, the, the most interesting thing about it is how the layoff kind of ties into – the match and, and yes uh, i was curious about that so what did that look like for you like how long did you go with without shooting well uh i shot a match in january of this year um and then i i didn't do anything <laughs> until the georgia state match uh like so, you mean you literally didn't fire around or let or what no no i didn't i didn't touch a gun uh, in between uh, January and, and shooting the state match, just because, and we've talked about this separately, privately before, which was, you know, I had a lot of life stuff going on. So I knew I needed to take a break and it's easier for me. Um, at least I thought it'd be easier for me just to go cold Turkey as opposed to, you know, kind of keep one foot in and one foot out of the, the shooting sport. So, I, uh, when I quit, I quit hard and I quit completely. Um, it's just, and I, I don't know if that was the right, the right call or not, but, uh, for better, or for worse, I kind of cut myself off, um, just, just to make it a little bit easier. But yeah, when I, I knew I was going to work the, the Georgia match, I was kind of on the fence of whether or not I was going to shoot it, but I made the decision to shoot it and, I don't know. It's kind of a strange feeling because like, if you know anything about me, my personality is I have to be like in it and turned on and be like immersed in everything all the time. Like, cause typically I'm, I'm training all the time, dry firing and, you know, listening podcasts and, and, and I, I haven't been doing any of that stuff. So I kind of felt like a fish out of water. I didn't know what it, what to expect, but I think the, the most beneficial thing uh, that I decided that I did leading up was, um, and I don't know how to characterize this, if it's like positive self-talk. Did we lose Tyler? Uh-oh, did he freeze? 
I think he's frozen. Well, we're all still here. Yeah. We are. Where did we think that was going? Well, he crushed souls and he didn't really practice very much. That's pretty impressive. Positive yeah. self-talk, though. That's an interesting idea. This is. I'm uh, sure he'll come back. I don't know. How, how is he going to do that? Powers of internet. I love the internet. All right, moving right along. Mr. Park, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I Tyler have... was gone for a year. He was here briefly. Now <laughs> he's gone again. <laughs> Wait, he's back. Holy shit. All right. My internet has been on the fritz all day. All right, so you were... You were talking were gonna, about positive self-talk, Mr. They Tyler. were going to bury you, and I was like, no, no, Tyler will be back. Just wait. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so that's what I decided to do. Um, positive self-talk. You know, I've had, like, a match mantra before, and I said the, the only way this is going to turn out well is if you just trust that you know what you're doing. Like, you're going to trust uh, you've got, you know, thousands of hours of, of training in this. You know, the, the sports the same, the shooting's the same. You just got to come back and do what you know to do. And and that paid off and that worked pretty well. So, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in the positive self-talk. I'm not like a, a Zen guy, like, you know, you need to be, you know, uh, uh, fluffing yourself up all the time. But well, a lot of this is personality value. dependent, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't is. seem like the guy that needs... Uh, needs to be motivated and you don't really seem like you get sad about stuff or whatever yeah i mean the the motivation is not a problem uh, pretty pretty easily internally motivated but i i do think you know it's something worth trying you're going into a match and and if there's one thing in particular um that you're concerned about or, you know, you, you want to focus on or a strategy you want to take into a match. I think it's worthwhile to kind of develop carefully craft and develop um, like a match theme or a match mantra, if you want to call it that. Um, uh, try it out. I mean, it, I think it's, I think it's worthwhile. It may work for you. It may not, but it's something that, that I've used to good effect in the past. And, and in this match, you know, that's, you know, every every few stages or, or during my make ready, telling myself just to trust, trust that you know what you're doing, trust that your body's going to take over in the moment. And um, I guess the, the practical effect is doing by telling myself that was instead of trying to focus on the technical elements and have that in my mind when I'm running a stage you know, being able to clear the mind and just let the program run um, was was really was really key for me, you know, from a layoff where you're not trained up, you know, you don't have those good feelings like I just, you know, shot, uh, you know, I've shot 40,000 rounds this year. I'm all trained up. I'm good to go. Don't if you don't have that, then all you have is trust. So. Yeah, did you like that? Did you dry fire then at all? I'm assuming somewhat leading up to the match. Uh, I dry fired the week of the match. <laughs> For just like a regular like 15 or 20 minutes a day just to remember where everything's at basically. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure my draw was there. I, I did some some dry loads, but I mean, then I got kind of bored. <laughs> 
and quit. I intended to to do more, but now nah, I'm just not into it. But uh, I mean, so that's a real thing, though. If you've if you've got you know six figure six figures worth of rounds downrange, you know, in your in your lifetime or in your career, or if you've got you know thousands of hours in dry fire and live fire. You know, something, I think it, to some extent, you don't, I think, I think like 90% or 95% of your skill is there once attained. I think like probably if you're rusty, call it rusty, like what do you, what would you say? That's like 5% to 10% of your shooting, maybe. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I mean, so. depend a little bit on some things, but yeah. Uh most of your skill is still there. It's on it's on tap once you train it in. Sure. You're not going to be fast or super smooth or feel confident with it, but it'll be there yeah. more or less. That's been my experience yeah. anyway. Yeah. And that's and that's probably the that's probably a good way to put it is if you don't have confidence, all you have is <laughs> it's trust. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so after, uh, like, at some point in the match, after you shot a certain number of stages, did you feel comfortable and then start to, like, get aggressive? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I would say, like, I don't know, three or four stages in, you know, I I knew what I was doing. Like, uh, it it felt it, it felt normal. It felt, it didn't necessarily feel good. Like, I didn't have, a, have this idea that... Um, you know, I was burning anything down, but it did feel right. In other words, yeah, it felt like I belonged out there. You know, <laughs> shooting. All right. Like um, yeah, that's good. Uh, Joel, you have something fun to talk about, I assume. I have a show and tell. I have. Sorry for the audio listeners. Uh, nothing special. Just a piece of Kydex with a hook, I guess. Um. My friend Vince, that we, I don't know, I guess we would know, uh, guy that owns uh, Stonebridge Gunworks sent me this cover, and it's actually a cover for, he makes them for SROs and for Delta Point Pros. But basically all you do is, if I can get a good angle, basically just like hook this thing over the top, and it just snaps down in place, and it's a cover for your SRO. So, you know, as opposed to doing tape, it's just a piece of polymer is all it is. Um so, like, real talk, this doesn't necessarily accomplish anything that just putting electrical tape or masking tape, whatever, over your... Well, it's it's darker, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, I like it for a couple reasons. One, it's totally pitch black with absolutely no light coming through. Uh, training a bit, trying, like, electrical tape. I tried the blue painter's tape, tried a couple different ones. I strongly prefer having it completely blacked out. Um, the window. So even like the blue painters tape, I did not like, and that was why I went with electrical tape for a couple reasons. One, it was easier to get back off if you wanted to. It didn't leave a terrible mess. Uh, and two, just using like a brown paster, did not like it. I liked it like completely dark. So this is good because it doesn't make a, a mess on your lens. It's easy to take on and off if you want to, and it's completely pitch black. Um, and then, of course, after I post this or ever I talk about this, I get a bunch of messages like, hey, what are you talking about? Basically, all it's doing is it's covering the the lens of the red dot. <laughs> I hear the muzzle. Like we discussed this a fair bit recently. 
We have. Well, old, old Pranka <laughs> got a little got a little he heated did. about it. He did. Uh, all it's doing is it's covering the lens of the optic uh, towards the muzzle. So when you look through the red dot, you still see the red dot. You just see black behind it. So it fixes some things. Uh, some bad things can happen if you start staring at your red dot. And it helps train you to stay target focused, which is is the way, as the Mandalorian would say. So anyway, that's it's the name of it also. It's a target focused trainer. It is. I'm actually looking at his website because I don't want to misspoke it, misspeak. So it's target focused trainer. They're 20 bucks. Uh, and it's Stonebridge Gunworks is Vince's website. So I mean, like, yeah, 20 bucks compared to two dollars worth of tape. Like, yeah, this is more money. But it's super handy. I like it. And I've shot, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand rounds through it. Shot a match with it. And I haven't had it fall off at all or anything like that. So it fits on snugly. So, like, I like it. I'll have another one for my other gun. And then, like, real talk, I probably have no plan of ever taking it off. I've kind of yet to find a situation where I didn't like it. Or where I thought it was a problem. Uh, on some position stuff, you can run into trouble if you both eyes can't see the target. You have an on issue. a hard lean, or if there's an obstruction, something like that. I could see that. Uh, for especially for like steel, so I shot a pro am match with it. Uh, minis especially, like if I want to make precise spots, I especially like it. Um, I like this with the cover on it, and also if it's super bright out, I found sometimes it was easier to like. I wouldn't say lose the dot, but it just it didn't pop as much. So this way it really stands out really bold if it's super light outside. Well, with that cover on, your dot won't wash out in the sun as much. Correct. I don't think oh, it will. And if you use an SRO, uh, which is what Ben and Professor and other people just told me to buy, it does have that double dot issue that can happen when you get too much, I don't know, like sun from a specific, how about a couple times? Where like you get glare from the sun at a specific angle and it'll have like a smaller dot kind of off depending on maybe nine o'clock or three o'clock like depending which way you're facing uh, or where the sun's at and this just gets rid of that so you don't have that issue at all so anyway vince is making them for delta point pro and sro's right now and i think he has more models in the works well that's, that's excellent it's a, a good indication of how long i've been away because i missed that whole trend like <laughs> of uh occluding the dot mm -hmm. i just i just started seeing stuff on instagram you know people taping up their dot and putting stuff on and it's like i mean i i kind of got an idea of what that was all about but yeah <laughs> i well, missed it, the whole thing it's and like i'm the sure same. Oh, sorry i'm sure you've all talked about it like the why and all that and all yes that, so don't yeah. want to get into that but i just thought it was funny no, it's just basically the same stuff that would happen if you start staring at your front sight of iron sights yeah. and you're making target transitions or, you know, like shooting a bill drill and you start staring at the front sight. Like nothing good happens. So anyway, it's just the same stuff that can happen with the dot. All right. Mr. Hopkins. Yeah, so... So we're, you're going to break down the national schedule for next year, right? Yeah, and then we'll just have some conversations on that. Is that what we're going to do? I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, since USPSA wasn't busy enough this year, they decided to add two more nationals to schedule for next year. So, Can you explain that to people? I'm just So 
USPSA runs the Nationals matches, so they do setup, they do registration, they do staffing, they they build the stages, they do everything with. And it. by USPSA, you mean like predominantly the paid people, the paid USPSA HQ staff. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. They bring other people in, like people for setup crew but the, like the people that are manning the registration doing the awards doing the sponsorship stuff all that's uspsa hq stuff okay yeah so first off we start with multi-gun nationals which did not happen in 2020 there was not a multi-gun nationals this is not the two gun nationals that they did this year so this is basically three gun rifle pistol shotgun it's held at the clinton house in clinton south carolina april 1st 2nd and 3rd um i don't know if there's much to say on that but hopefully they farmed it out to a good place that knows how to do a multi-gun multi-gun is basically just a nationals and there's nothing else is that right there's not a that's not a discipline behind it it's just a match Right. I don't have an appreciation. My local club said it was no bueno, like the rule sets. They used UML, which I think is something different. But I don't know if anybody even uses the rules. Not, not that I know of. Uh, our local club in KC doesn't use the rules. It's a modified rule from some other thing. So I think that's probably the biggest hang-up for multi-gun is a rule set and not them not all being the same and anything like that. So. I got you. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just... No, no, you're good. And then we got World Speed Shooting Championship, uh, April 27th to May 1st at CMP. Range is plenty adequate to hold the World Speed Shoot there. <laughs> I already went over the adequacies of CMP. Yeah, April yeah. on the uh, last podcast. So I have some friends that are really hardcore, like still challenge people, and they were not really happy about like their national match being when it's going to be, you know, possibly snow on the ground or really cold, but. So, yeah, I, that is super early in the year. It's like April, end of April, early May. So I don't think that's any different than when World Speed Shoot has been in the past. It might be a little earlier than before, but I'm not 100% up to speed on that. Well, they could put it at the end of the year, but it might run up against the USPSA national stuff, and then they'd see the attendance would take a hit. I can tell you... There is a ton of huge matches happening at the end of next year. Like, it all accumulates into the world shoot at the end of November. But then you have basically Area 2, early November. Then you have some other stuff we got going on I'll talk about later. Then you have Pan American at the end of September, which is probably the biggest match in the U.S. next year. And it's basically like a level 4 Ipsic match in Frostproof. And then you have, I think, two other area matches in September. So it, the end of the year is getting congested already, and we're not even in 2022 yet. So that'll be interesting. Okay. So yeah. So world speed, that's good. Makes sense. Um, no other comments on that. Then we got classic nationals. Wait, is there um, no steel nationals next year? Steel. USPSA has never done steel nationals. It's always Did someone been, else do that, or what the hell? It's was always that? been delegated out. Okay. Like uh, some some like a local club has run it as steel I nationals. Mean, it seems redundant as hell to me. 
But yeah, I don't I don't know why they would have both, especially like World Speed being that early in the year. You'd think Steel Nationals would be then and then World Speed later if they're going to host both. I don't know. But it's, yeah. Classic Nationals, so we got a two-day match at CMP with single-stack revolver and L10. Any comments Should have production on that? in there. That's a dynamite lineup. Then they kill production even more. That was the word. That was the main thing. Isn't that wait? Isn't that the idea? I, what are we trying to do? I thought that was the goal. I I don't know. Maybe not now. It, not it, if you don't want to kill it. Oh, you I think it, it was before August twenty fourth, but after that, it might have changed. <laughs> okay, maybe something um, important happened on that day. We should check. You just anyway. have to check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, the two-day match, so AMPM. So I, it kind of seems like they're expecting a light turnout on that. Uh, I think that's roughly 200 shooters in the match. At CMP. Uh, that that seems pretty okay. I think. Yeah. Well, CMP. Least, hopefully they'll have enough porta potties. They did rectify so I, that in the last match. Yes. I, I have a question. I know the kind of a history between the single stack match, the single stack classic, it passes and all that stuff. But I I seem to recall someone from USPSA said that even after that ended, the single stack nationals, they still try to retain like the classic elements the, of that match, right? Like that's what makes it classic. Am I right? Well it was weird. Like the single the single stack like society or whatever they had their own right. rule set which was a slightly different and then when the single stack classic became uspsa nationals when they added that as a division and then foley and his wisdom decided no we're going to do it differently and then you, you remember they had the single stack classic independent of usa uspsa again and i think no longer i think that's done now so yeah, they I had it for one year, or maybe two. All years the guys after. running it like died or whatever. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not sure. Look, those guys were getting up there when they added single stack as a division. When I was new, like in 2006, a lot has happened since then. It would be like, man, there's a lot of fucking gray hair in single stack, and now it's like, yeah, I think all those guys are dead. Honestly, like they're gone. Like I, I think. I mean, it's sad, but that's, you know. But but so what I was getting at is, is that still like the doctrine of USPSA that they're trying to like the the spirit, like the those like this smaller year cap, This year at low cap when they had production with that same set, it was not yeah. like that. Okay. And that was my question. Like They might go back you, to it next year. Who knows? And that's what I wonder if they're going to put on a single sack classic match and we're just throwing in elton and revo like for giggles i think you know what i mean? think like, whatever made it a single stack classic is is dead i think uh instead of it being a single stack classic you're gonna get the old jake jake martin special the uh box to box situation and hey, don't worry it won't be too complicated tyler you'll be able to figure out the stages Why yeah not? yeah yeah, so then we go into two-gun nationals, uh, two-day match at Cameo Shooting Complex in Colorado. So 
this is the range everybody's talking about. Everybody's the there. Host, they, they actually don't shut the fuck up about it in Colorado. Whenever you're there, like, have you been to this? <laughs> like, no, yeah. But anyway, so that's in June. So we got a April, end of April. We got a middle of May, and then now a first of June nationals. So what do you think of that setting for two gun? Sure. Or just generally no, I speaking. I don't, know. I don't know what airport do you use there. Do you know? So you can either fly into Denver and drive four hours to get there. Okay, that's one option. Or I think they have a connection from Denver to Grand uh, Junction or Salt Lake City to Grand Junction, and it's like a 15-minute drive from there. Uh, so it's able to be flown into. It's not as bad as we originally thought and talked about. I just don't know how... Like June will probably be okay, weather wise. I think climate wise, yeah, it'll be fine. Probably. I think the one later on <laughs> can be at risk. Yes, so I guess we'll we'll move yeah. So two gun. I thought it was really popular this year. Honestly, I don't. I think CMP is probably a good place for that. I wouldn't have put it in Colorado, but not my choice right now. Maybe soon. I, Do you think CMP is a good place for that? Like, if you had your pick, what would you really want to put at CMP if you could do whatever you wanted? Uh, world Speed. Yeah, Steel. For, for sure. sure. I think Classic makes sense there because there's not going to be enough attendance. The number of bays is not going to be an issue. Yeah. I think Two-Gun there probably makes sense with just PCC and Pistol. They don't have to have rifle caliber distances, so the bays are plenty deep for that. They can really test the accuracy of the PCC. And I don't think the attendance will be that big. The bays are not going to be an issue, the number of bays at CMP. I think a standalone PCC would make sense at, at CMP. They could test the distance with the PCCs. There wouldn't be that many shooters there or that would want to attend, so the number of bays would not be an issue. And then, so we got that at Cameo, two gone in June. Well, how many bays do they have there? Cameo? You know, or I think they have 28, and I think any match that USPSA is going to put on there, they requested 24. Cool. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't know what they're doing with two gun. It doesn't say, but the one later on, they're having 24 stops, so that's 24 bays. Uh, so then we got a standalone carry optics nationals. This is where I run into not agreeing with how they're doing this. So they're doing a carry optics only nationals. Uh, attendance numbers for participation at nationals is basically even with open. So I think if you use just nationals numbers, it doesn't really need its own nationals. I think it could be paired with something else. Uh, but if you look at participation overall in the org, it's definitely the most participated division by, I think, almost 10% over anything else. So that's quite a bit, considering we have eight divisions. Uh, it's back at CMP. It's September Matt, 9, do you 10, think carry out? This is a side question. Do you think carry optics is getting big enough to split it into two divisions? No, not yet. <laughs> You mean like a single action carry optics? Well, we could do light and heavy, and then oh, DASA, and then single action. 
Yes. Plus, we need staccato pistols. We need to accommodate. I think so that there's would some be... president candidates running on those, so I think you guys might be able to vote for one of them. We could so. probably stretch it to like five divisions. I think. <laughs> we'll just have well, three percent in like, every division. Yeah, you're gonna have IDPA. You're gonna have IDPA CO shooters that want to bring their single action 1911 2011 style. Well. Uh, there's we need a place for them. That we we have a division for that already. There's so one thing we shouldn't probably... do is turn them away. They should be we're able to covered. identify with whatever division makes them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We got a division for it already, so we're covered. Yeah, and <laughs> it's not really what you think. <laughs> yeah, it's not really the right thing to like list the menu and be like, hey, you have to fit into one of these boxes. We should make sure we yeah. accommodate. I mean, even if they only shoot two matches a year, we should try to accommodate them. I agree. Joel, Matt's attitudes are not very progressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so standalone Care Optics Nationals early September at CMP. So they said this says three day match AM PM with fourteen stops. So basically, just like we had, wait, they're doing we it had, two days? No, three days. Three days. Okay. Wait, so roughly, 14 I stops? think it's huh? Fourteen, 14 stops. Stops in three days. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you shoot oh five God. stages, seven stages, <laughs> six stages. Never mind. I, I don't well, know why it's anything. You know why they have to do that? Because they have to start at 9, 9 a.m. They don't have enough bays to actually host the Nationals. Man, but you're missing out the best part of CMP. It was cheap, I know. The organization makes more money. we got to focus. That's true. That you're going to run this thing someday. you got to learn how it works, dude. I would have just stuck it on with the next Nationals and put PCC by itself. That doesn't even make sense. Why would you test the more capable gun at distance in its own stages? I think the people don't want that, though. (laughs) No, they like to hammer seven-yard targets to the rifles. Quantic went to that PCC match in the summer, the one that Max put on. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, hey, it was way tougher than people thought, and people loved it. So I think you're stereotyping PCC shooters a certain way, Matt. Just I've heard both ways. So I don't know. I'm not a PCC shooter. I would, you know, what would be good to do? I don't hang out with PCC shooters, so I don't really. You know, know. what would be awesome to do? <laughs> Maybe they should ask them and see what they want. Give the people what they want. No, Matt. These guys—they already got elected. They already know what people want. <laughs> Yeah, too much work, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that time of year is going to be fine in Alabama. Hopefully the sun won't be setting by 6 p.m. and we'll get all the shooters through before dark this time. I think you can look at a – I could be wrong about this, but I think <laughs> you can look at a chart and find out very definitively when the sun will be setting on particular days in a particular location. Why would that maybe, information even matter? Ben? I don't know, but maybe someone should check. I don't know. Dude, dude, we'll find out on the 9th of September next year. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Definitely get that <laughs> flashlight going on, Boyle. <laughs> uh, and then the, the next one everybody's talking about. So USPSA Nationals, Open, Production, PCC, and Limited at Cameo in Colorado, October 14th through the 17th. Four-day match, AM, PM, with 24 stops, a total maybe up to 28 stages. So October in Colorado might— That has the potential to be cold. Weather could be iffy there, yeah. 
Well, no, I think that I, I, I saw some checks like it, the, the climate sort of average would be like 31, 32 in the morning. Yeah. So when they put this like, out at the, the award ceremony for the first match, we're like, oh, let's Google and see like what the temperature is today. 30 degrees is a low, 58 is a high. And that's going to feel like, pretty, that's going to feel even better at elevation. Believe me. Is it? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it gets warmer. It's warmer than it sounds like when you're at elevation, for sure. It felt pretty cool this weekend when we he's, were he's, he's messing with you, man. 40 degrees. He's being sarcastic. So. What? Shut up, Joel. What do you know about mountains, son of a bitch? <laughs> Nothing. Just what Google tells me. You fucking running around, like, you going mountaineering in your spare time without telling anyone? Exactly. I'd so, be- one thing I did miss on the CO, it's going to be roughly 360 people at it. So, I don't... Do you guys think that would sell out? Yes. Yeah. So well, what's, the, what's the play? People shoot CO all year, the only, shoot that, and then shoot a different The only division? circumstance I'd see it not selling out is if there's too much other shit going on around it. So, I it overlaps just, the Iowa sectional. Iowa section was going to say. For <laughs> sure. I don't think that's going to stop a whole lot of people. I mean, I don't mean to put down the Iowa section match. No. No, oh, it's a great match, but I'm just saying that's the only one I know it overlaps. And I right would now. I would anticipate the 360s. Like, okay, this is just I don't know why I'm saying this, but I don't know I don't I'll know why it's, it doesn't make sense that it's so few slots. You know, to yes, me, yes, it does. There's not enough room. Uh, well, that's well, what I'm saying. Squads, 14 bays. Okay, yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're gonna do it standalone and then cap it at 360, like that's not that doesn't. It doesn't make much sense to me, like honestly. Not at all. It you would you'd you'd think you'd need a the capacity for more people. I would think so too. So I think the the four four day thing is like five hundred to six hundred people. Which I think that'll I don't know if that'll fill up or not. Well, it'll suck finding like the Airbnbs are gonna be smoked in that area, I'm sure. <laughs> They probably already are at this. They probably are. Uh, all right, Matt. So here's the question that kind of strikes me: with this additional workload for USPSA staff, they've got to do all the stuff to get these events off. Yes. Two extra events added to their calendar. What's that like? Twenty-five percent more stuff to do. Yeah, I'm sure they hired twenty-five percent more staff to handle it, right? Because let's face it. There, there were some issues at some uh, earlier nationals that, you, in theory, you could solve with more or better or different staffing. I mean, they solved those problems, of course, and put out the schedule. Is that what happened? I mean, the final match, the the open limited match, I don't think there was any issues at all, yeah. They actually made an announcement saying they have extra food in the back when everybody was done eating. So It's nice of them to let you know. I don't know if that was a joke or they were just trying to get rid of the extra food. Not sure. Um, This is just a guess based on their personalities is that they saw that there was extra food and got indignant that there was going to be wasted because you got to spend so much time complaining about food. That's just a guess. No idea. You know, the the other interesting thing about a four-day nationals is – the RO staffing, I mean, that's that's four working days plus, I, you know, I, 
I'm not up on USVSA, you know, throughout the entire U.S., but my impression is that, you know, obviously the East Coast and the Midwest is eaten up with it. The West Coast is eaten up with it. But the West, with low density, I, you know, typically a nationals, a, a big part of the nationals RO staff is going to come from the surrounding area, right? So how are they going to incentivize? This is four days instead of a two-day or three-day nationals. Um, you, I suspect you have a lower population of, let's just call them native ROs around the area just due to density issues. So that, are they going to run into an RO staffing problem? Is that something they've addressed? I well, I heard, I think they have a $25 a day per diem that's, for USA yeah. Nationals. Yes. That's so nice. that's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a, that's a cool hundred bucks. For yeah. Whole, I mean, that's bad nothing. Match. Yeah. Plus better, you but, get, plus you get $375 to travel to the match and home. Yeah, that's so, uh, so I, there you go. Yeah, I, I just that's my immediate question yeah. is, uh, is there going to be an RO staffing uh, issue? Are they going to be able to turn people out? Good ROs. I'm not saying warm bodies, but so, uh, <laughs> I do know that well, you have to be staff, able to tell the difference. Tyler, I do know they turned to. away staff at this last nationals. In the in the southeast. That's correct. In the yes. southeast, which yep. is important to note. Yes. Yep. And this is the first yeah. time USPSA is going to have a nationals at this range, so it's not the first time the range has had large matches. I mean, what I've heard about the range, I haven't heard anything negative about this range. I haven't either. Kind but of the only stuff that falls through the cracks. Right. Of course, and the only question is location. Right. Right, I mean, which it is what it is, I guess. It's interesting but. they picked a Friday through Monday schedule for the main match on that. So staff it's, will be Wednesday, Thursday. It and seems got, demented to me, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it saves any vacation time because you literally got to travel the day before or day after. So it's basically a Thursday to Tuesday match. It doesn't matter. It just it fucks up to work a week for anyone. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't put PCC in that mix-up. I would put PCC by itself. It just seems that is this schedule seems too bloated. There's there's too much bullshit in there. Yeah, I I think back to back makes the most sense. Well, if they're gonna do it at this cameo range, like do a big back to back match, big back to back event seems. That's what I would be leaning towards. Like doing a big back to back, you can actually get a lot more people into it, also. Well, yeah, and it makes it a more interesting event because everyone's in the same place at the same time. It's easier for the organization because there's not, you know, shit going Every on. Every time they have place. a match, they have to pay the ROs $375 travel. So if they added two matches, that's an extra $375 for each of those matches to cover the ROs just to travel there. And yeah. what do they have? A hundred ROs at these things or something? They had four per bay, four times fourteen. So yeah, what they have sixty, I guess. Uh, but okay, That's how much of this schedule grand. was? When was this schedule sort of finalized? Because most of this is Foley's doing, right? Uh, the schedule was finalized like a week ago. But the the contractor CMP. 
the contract with CMP is a number of matches have to be held there. Okay. Not what matches they are and how long they are, what they're there. So you're proposing to run club matches there to fulfill the contract? And no, then find I, think there, I think there's certain... This, like, ver- like two-gun makes sense there. World oh, speed it. makes sense there. And if we have to have two nationals there every year for a certain number of years, put the ones that make sense there and don't handicap the other nationals that could actually be put on and considered a legit nationals at that range. Would it's I be it's not effective? Would it be wrong to infer that there's a similar sort of uh, contract going on with the other range? I there probably there is yeah, because the president can sign contracts up to a year beyond his term, and the current term is through twenty three. Well, well, Matt, so we don't want to get contracts. We get too off in the weeds, but that's not going to. That may not be the case forever. That the president can do things. What we'll talk about it at the time, of course. Yeah, time to move on, says Joel. Move on to what, Joel? This thing's gone on too long. Uh, how about a shooting question, Ben? Do you have one of those? I'll check. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I mean, oh. I feel like the podcast has gone uh, plenty long. All right, we can call it. Topics. We could definitely call it. But I see you getting uncomfortable, and that makes me want to double down. Know. <laughs> ben it makes me it, do, it makes me want to triple down it makes me want to like duct tape joel's eyeballs open you know throw some cocaine in his mouth and then i just go full send on whatever i'm doing be like you just ride it out joel all right then so on that note listeners if you have a question you want the answer hey fuck that we're doing a question oh great okay here's a podcast question he says ben i'm wondering what the esteemed panel thinks about abbreviated stage walkthrough trend at major matches. When I started USPSA, the default time was five minutes. Lately, I've seen four minutes be, being the new standard, going even as low as three minutes at uh, the Mid-Atlantic sectional this year. A 40% reduction in stage walkthrough necessitates recon the day before. Well, anyone who is serious does recon the day before the three-minute walkthrough restriction makes the requirement for all shooters. My opinion is that saving 15 or 30 minutes for the total day is not worth lowering the competitor's Stage prep time at 40%, considering, especially considering the Congo line memory stages. So, all right. I'll go. Yeah, Joel, what's your thoughts on this? It depends on the stage design and the complexity of the stage. If it's, like you said, like the Congo line where it's the it's the stage where it's all, like, it's down one hallway, everyone's going to get bottlenecked, the only way out is back, like, back the way you came, <laughs> Then and it's, like, complicated, and it's 26 rounds, it's... Like you don't want to you don't want to penalize people if they don't show up the day before. If they are short and medium courses that you know people could create a, a stage plan in three minutes, an average competitor, not a not you know like somebody like a super veteran guy, then maybe that's reasonable. But overall, I would probably lean towards the the four or five minutes just because you know that's what people are used to, and I think people might feel rushed if they're uh, you know if that was like three minutes. And you've got a 15-person squad that kind of kills people's funds pretty quickly if they don't feel like they have enough time to look at everything. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think, I mean, in theory, you ought to be able to walk up and fig- and like have a decent chance of figuring it out in the five minutes. I don't think stages really need to be more complicated than that. 
But we've all certainly shot stages that are more complicated. I've built stages more complicated than that. But I guess I in have theory, it's nice. Sure. What's that? I mean, the classic Area 3 memory stage, right? Joel knows it. The, the answer to the area, I know, I've well, shot, the old yeah, Area 3 memory stages yeah, just don't I go. Area, I shot Area 3 in 2010. Yeah. I can tell you the same as when I shot it in 2014. It was the same as when I shot it in 2016. Stage one, all the way down at the end, that's the one with distance. That's shoot the, the long run, or you can make the distance or the choice to shoot far. Stage Sorry, one. So yeah, yeah, stage one. I have yeah, the memory stage there is just an example. That's all I was bringing up. Well, which what is that? That which number is stage number is that? Is that twelve? It's usually like 10. eight or nine, ten somewhere in it's there. Always the same Sometimes thing, it was like right? four. They've, they've switched it up recently, last couple of years. They're switching the stage numbers, but yes. that's a, yeah, yeah. But the stage, stage themselves is the same. same. Oh, fuck. And, and that it was takes that like was. This is out. maybe an aside that Joel's not going to like, but I really enjoyed the. Uh, speaking of the Area Three match, I thoroughly enjoyed the Hunters HD Gold podcast with USPSA's current president Sherwin Greenfield. His idea of a good match is give them something different, give them something fun that they've never seen before. That's his idea of a good match. And I was like, fuck it. I'm turning this off. Like, I've been to Area 3, bro. This is not how it goes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I know. I was born this way. Mm -hmm. um, right. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to sit. I wouldn't be on board with the, I don't know. The guy asked the question, like, I'm not saying it comes off as whiny, but that would be my fear. It's like, it's like if you want to be competitive, you have to show up the day before anyway. We don't want a situation where you're basically hosing people that don't or can't do that or that aren't that serious. We don't mm -hmm. want that. That's not cool. Um, yeah, I think like three minutes for a walkthrough for a lot of stages, it's like, it's, that's like a joke time. It's like, fuck you. Like, like, I didn't walk through it early. This is way more of an issue at IPSC matches, of course, where you're typically not allowed to walk through early. That's where it's like, if it's a deliberately confusing stages line or something, it's like, it's, it's past, it's, it's past asshole-ish. It's like stupid. But yeah, it's interesting. So for the minimal amount of savings there is, you don't want people to not feel prepared or... Like it's not, it's not, I don't think it's enough time savings to like really make the match that much more wonderful or get people out of there that much sooner. No, I, no, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to do with it? I mean, that was an issue this year. I, I remember when the, you know, with the decentralized management style that I, I enjoy, Mr. Joel, when the, you did, when it came time to make the squad matrix, it's like, how long for the walkthroughs, Ben? It's like, I don't fucking care. Just like make the matrix. Honestly, like, yeah, so that I just took care of it exactly. Yeah, it's like just make the <laughs> matrix properly. Like, <laughs> four minutes is probably the bare minimum. What four minutes? Well, I mean, we've shot, I think we've shot a world shoot. Maybe we shot together. Yeah, I mean, we weren't on the same squad, but you remember we've shot world shoots where the walkthrough time was, I think, three or four minutes three on minutes, some of the yeah. short courses. Yeah. And ironically, the short courses are, are harder to walk through than the long courses. If it's a long course and you have four minutes to walk it and you have the whole squad is starting at the beginning of the stage, you can just walk around in front of them and go walk on the whole rest of the stage. You know what I mean? You can kind of spread out. Yeah. But there were short courses. I remember this one with a horse. Like you had to get on this horse prop and shoot from that. 
And half of our squad, fully half of our squad at the match, when you're not allowed to walk on it beforehand, half of our squad did not get a walkthrough on that stage. And it was just like, yep, game on. That's normal for this match. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I think that happened. That yeah. Cool. I think there's multiple stages like that. Well, there was there at was. least one. There was. It was a problem. That was for sure. They're like, you're not all going to get through this. Yeah, so and there sure are those doing it. It's like, listen, it's math. Like, you take, you know, five or ten seconds to get on the horse. You spend ten seconds up there. And then it's ten seconds to get the next guy up there. Like, we're not getting through 16 people. It's not going to happen. Yeah. One variable you should account for in this kind of discussion is the format of the match as well. So a, a format, a match format where a reduced uh, walkthrough time makes sense is the half day, no competitor reset format. So like at Georgia State, I think we had a four minute walkthrough time, which made total sense for getting both a AM and PM relay, relay through the match one for the, the time savings. And there the, the minutes actually do matter, but you have the benefit of staff reset so you're not if you shot last on your previous stage you know you're not uh having to load mags and try to walk through and you know do, do everything at once in fact you know after you were through shooting the previous stage you could walk up to the next stage and kind of look from afar look from the back or something like that so i think i think that is an important variable but even then i think yeah for for your standard style match, I think five minutes is reasonable. I think it it's less of a competitive equity issue just because the reality is, yeah, you people do show up the day before and walk stage, but it is important. He makes a good point. You know, if someone doesn't have that opportunity, I think five five minutes is is reasonable and, and warranted, you know, if you're gonna walk if you're gonna arrive the, the morning of the match and go shoot. Yes, I think I mean, the hard thing for me is like when you're talking about this, we have to acknowledge the reality is that USPSA is built very field course heavy, whereas I would say on a lot of stages, five minutes is not enough time. It's just not. Like that's the reality. And then everybody knows it and they show up the day before. Anyway, it would be an interesting world to live in if uh that wasn't the case. Like they didn't build it complicated enough that you needed to come to date. You know what I mean? That would be interesting. Not necessarily the way I'd want it to go, but it's an interesting thing to think about. <sighs> Gentlemen, I think this was indeed a bang up podcast, especially with Joel lighting up the president the way he did. Fantastic. I can't help myself. Yes. You can't help yourself. You just <laughs> IPSC a whole patrol, Mr. Joel Park. Uh-huh. Listeners, if you have a question you want the answer to, <laughs> go to my website. <laughs> Send in your question. We'd love go, to hear. Go to Joel's website. It's pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs>